You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. So this week, I want for us to look at our physical health. Ooh, did you hear that? I, we're going to look at God's prescription for physical health. And the truth is, most of us already know what to do. It's not rocket science. Amen? To get healthy... You have to eat healthy. I'm not hearing any amens there. You've got to eat less. Ouch. You've got to get moving and exercise. You have to get proper sleep. You've got to lower the stress in your life. And you've got to get more rest. We all know this. It's pretty elementary. So there's nothing that I'm going to teach you today, and there's really nothing that I believe that uh, Pastor Warren is going to teach during this campaign. But what I want for us to grab a hold of today is what is the motivation, the why. Have you ever thought about that? Why do you or why do I not stick to those special eating plans or those healthy eating plans and, and those, those diets that we make? Why is it that when we make a resolution that we're strong for three weeks and we weaken as we go? The devil made me do it. There you go. The reason why, the reason why, is we don't have the right motivation. And when we don't have the right motivation, the reality is we won't stick with it. There's someone in the church right now that um, he's lost over 45 pounds, not because he said, I'm going to lose a lot of weight, but because he went to the doctor and his health was really, really bad. And, uh, and because of that, he took measures to begin to eat right, to change his lifestyle, uh, eat, sleeping more, and doing all the things that this is going to prescribe. And when you ask him, why did you do this? You look wonderful. Why did you do this? H how did you do it? He said, well, they told me I'm going to die if I don't do it. And so there was a motivation, that, an incentive that began to happen. And here's the thing, beloved. We all need to have the right motivation. Amen. We're, we are all in church because we have a motivation. And that motivation is that God is worthy to be honored. God is worthy to be praised. And it's the same with every aspect of our lives. We have got to have the right motivation. So I want us to look at what God says about the importance of your body. Have you ever thought about that? God thinks your body is important. I, uh, I want... Uh, to share with you a couple of areas of health that you may never have thought of. And you're not going to find these in a nutrition 
or a health book, but you're going to find it in the Word of God, which I think is the greatest book we could ever read. The Bible tells us as we start, and I'm going to pray. Father, thank you for this first service, Lord. I just pray that you be with me as I speak, Lord God. Um, thank you for the, the Daniel plan. Thank you for your plan, that you care about every aspect of our lives. You care about our spiritual needs. You care about our physical needs. You care about our emotional needs, Father. So you're a holistic God. You care about us holistically. In other words, everything about us. And so I just pray that as I speak, you will, um, you will use me as your vessel, Lord God, and that everything that I say will be clear and everyone will grow in, uh, in, in the things that, that, that we're going to be dealing with. And we're going to be talking about physical health and how important that is. So I pray your blessing upon this message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to start out with this Bible passage because I think it's very, very important. It says, everything is permissible for me. But not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Food is for the stomach and stomach for food, but God will destroy both. And that last part of this passage where it says food is for the stomach and, and stomach for food, but God will destroy both, that was actually a, 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 a statement that the Corinthian church had said and the apostle Paul was addressing it. Because you need to understand this, that in that mindset at that time, in that biblical time, they, they, they taught, and it's still taught today, that the body is evil and that the spirit is good. I'm going to go into that further right now. So he's addressing that, that very question right now. And he's saying, as we will go into it, he's going to say, everything is good because God created you. Not just your spirit, but your body. And God is going to perfect it. He's, he's working. He's in a process of, of restoring every aspect of our lives. Amen? But how many of you know that God wants us to help him out? We're, we're a part of this. Even in faith, we have to lead people to, to the Lord. He saves them. But we get the chance to lead them. In, 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 in our physical bodies, we have to do a part. We've got to get up and work. We've got to get up and do things. We, you have to accomplish things. Amen? In education, you have to go through four years to get a bachelor's degree, two years to get an associate's degree, six years to get a master's degree, eight years to get a Ph.D. And some of us, we take the long route, and we take a little bit longer. Amen? But you still have to work to do it. So it teaches us that, that we have a part to play in every aspect of our lives. God's over it. But we also have to do something. Amen? So when we look at this passage, it says everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. He's telling us that we have the freedom to do anything, but God doesn't want for us to be mastered by it. How many of us know that we can become a, a slave to food or drink? <laughs> How many of us know that you, that refrigerator is like a magnet drawing us and you're not even hungry? Have you ever opened up the fridge and you just open it? That don't look good. That don't look good. That don't look good. 
right? So it's not even that you're hungry. So God doesn't want us to be mastered. He teaches us that there are things in life that are not necessarily wrong. They're just not necessary. There are things in life that the Bible does not forbid, but if you are not careful, these same things can begin to rule your life. And I think more than anything, I think that God is going to begin to work and and reveal to us what things are trying to rule our lives. And we all have them. We all have them. God does not want his children to be mastered by anything or addicted to anything because then that object will dominate your life. God did not put you on this earth to be dominated by food or drink or sex or any other thing. And I mentioned sex because it goes hand in hand. This is, this is the, the, the whole context of what Paul is dealing with. He says this, the body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. Now, now let, me, let me back up and just t- touch on the, on the context. These Corinthians, they had been engulfed with all this Gnostic teaching. That's this spiritual thought that the body is evil. I mean, the, yeah, the body is evil, but the spirit is good. And so the Gnostics taught, it doesn't matter what you do with your body. You can do whatever you want. As long as your spirit is good, you're okay. And, and, and there, there was temple prostitutes in that area. There was all kinds of things and that, you know, they would worship in that way. And, and Paul is saying, let me tell you something. Your body is good, and so is your spirit. Everything belongs to God. So he said, the body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. And he's talking, Jesus was raised how? Spiritually? Physically. Very good. Jesus was raised physically. He said, Thomas, feel my hands. Feel the holes in in here. Feel, Feel the hole in my side. So there was a physical aspect to that. And then he says, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? And he says, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. And that's so important because it tells us that the body is important to God. Amen? Do you not know that your body is a temple? Of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. That's, hold on to that. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Jesus paid the ultimate price for us. And he, then he says, therefore honor God with your spirit, with your body. Honor God with your body. This, this just, just, it blew the Corinthians out of the water because they were thinking, the, the, the body is good? Yes, the body is good. So I've got six things that's going to help us with the Daniel plan. And then I've got four things that are, are going to be also beneficial that we can start right away to help us with, with us taking a different look at our physical uh, um, aspect of our lives as well as our spiritual the first thing is that god 
expects me to manage my body. We need to understand that God expects us to manage our bodies, and that goes back to what I first started with, that we have a part to play. I'm not the owner, but I'm the manager. Who owns our body? God. How do we know that? Christ purchased me on the cross, and he purchased me because he loves me, and he wants to restore every part of my life. Tell yourself, God wants to restore every part of my life. Tell yourself, every part of our lives God wants to restore. God is the owner of my body, but I am the manager. And the, the Bible word is steward. And stewardship is the old English word for management. So today we're talking about stewardship of health. Because I'm a steward, this is so important, because I am a steward, because I'm a manager, I can't blame others for the way my health is. I can't, I have got to stop blaming other people for how my health is. Whoo, that's hitting us. My body is a gift from God. He owns it. Then he allows me to manage it. And that's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing. And then one of these days, myself and, and yourself, we will give account for how we handled all that God has entrusted to us. Body included. Amen? We're all going to give an account. If we look at our life on earth, as preparation for eternity, we will approach our bodies in a different light. If you look at your, your life here on earth as preparation for where we're going for eternity, you'll look at every aspect in a different light. That's including our bodies. And believe me, beloved, God is really speaking to PJ first. Because one of the things that the enemy will work on is, you know what, you don't need to exercise, you don't need to do this, you don't need to do that, and he will put all these kinds of things, and guess what happens when you don't feel good about yourself? You get depressed, you get, you get stressed, you feel sick, all of these different things, and God doesn't want this, he wants for us to do our part, do our best, amen, and then he'll do the rest. The second thing that I want to talk about today that, that shows us that Daniel plan is vital to our spiritual and physical lifestyle is my body is God's property. So the first thing is we need to manage our bodies. The second thing is my body is God's property. And I know that these are fighting words here in America because we've all grown up thinking my body is my body and I can do with it whatever I want to do huh in fact some of you in here probably preparing for this series you had these thoughts you know what they're not going to tell me how to eat they're not going to tell me who are they that we're going to church this isn't jenny craig <laughs> this this isn't uh, uh la fitness this isn't all these no it's not but can i tell you that god is the god of everything he's the god of our health He's a God that wants to, to, to work with us and work in us for every aspect. So we say, you know what, I can do whatever I want. But God says, no, it's not your body. God says, it's my body. I just loaned it to you. 
It's not yours because you did not create it. The Bible says that we were fearfully and wonderfully made in our mother's womb by the hand of God himself. Every contour, everything that God has given me, and I've helped them with some contours, though. But every contour, my, the way my nose is, the way my eyebrows are, the way my ears are, everything is, has been hand, hand, just precision by God Almighty. And I, believe, I belong to Him. Everything, everything that we see was created by God, and He owns it all. We don't own anything, and we know that that's true because we are, when we're born, what do we bring into the world? And guess what happens when you die? You take nothing out. Everything belongs to God. And at the end of all time, at the consummation of all things, God will restore everything. Amen? And here's the thing, beloved. You think that, you think, man, I, I, uh, I, I'm in control, I can do this, I can do that, I'm in control of my money. No, you're not even in control of that. Everything belongs to God. He just wants us to manage it right. And he wants us to manage it with him at the very center of our lives. The Bible says that the body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. In other words, I don't have the right to share my body with just anybody, and neither do you. It belongs to the Lord, and in marriage, it honors the Lord when we are one in sexual intimacy because God never said that sex is bad. That is God's design. Tell your neighbor, sex is good. Say it. Boy, husbands are going. I am glad we came to church today. And look at someone else and say, but in marriage. In marriage. Outside of that, we damage his body because it's not ours. Are you with me? Outside of, of, of sexual intimacy in marriage, we dishonor God because it's his body. That's how big this is. Here's something that you need to grab a hold of. What many Americans do today is they make the common mistake that the Greeks did. And I, and I touched on this. If you, the, the, the Greeks, okay, they, they taught this thing called dualism. And uh, Aristotle, Socrates, Plato, they taught that, that uh, separating the spirit and the body was, was, was reality. And this is dualism. They said that what really matters is that your spirit is right with God and what really doesn't matter is that your body is right with God because the body was evil and the spirit is good. I want you to grab a hold of that. That's the whole context right here. But what the Bible teaches us is that everything is God's. God created your body just as well as he created your spirit. And when God comes into your life in a right relationship with him, he places his spirit where? In your body. Ain't that cool? He begins to work in us. He begins to, to, 
to uh, uh, do things that we can't do because he's God. So it's, it's, it's very important that we understand that this teaching that they taught, which creeps into the church, which creeps into society, is absolutely false. Your body is not evil. Your body is holy because God made it. Tell someone, your body is holy. The third thing that this passage teaches is that my body will be resurrected. My body will be resurrected. If you die, it'll be resurrected whenever Jesus splits those eastern, eastern clouds. And you'll come out of the grave. That's very scriptural. The whole premise of our, our Christianity is that the dead will rise. Easter morning is the dead will rise. And if you're alive, if we're alive, Lord, Maranatha, come quickly. We always pray that, right? If we're alive, we're going to see the dead rise, and then we're going to go behind them. It's going to be so cool. But it's under, it, it, it needs to be stressed that our bodies will rise. God does not waste anything. He never, and, and, and you know, you heard Jeff and and. and what a trooper Jeff and, and Tracy are. You know, they, they lost their son, and, and, and God has been faithful to them. They didn't, they didn't regress. They went forward. It's, it's amazing when I, when I see what, what God has done in them and through them, and, and they've gone through this loss. But can I tell you that God never wastes a hurt? He'll never waste anything. The hurt that they've had, God is going to fill that void, that pain, with his love and his grace. And he's filled it with ministry, and, and, and they're a part of this church now, and, and, and can, we're a part of the healing. Each one of you have an opportunity after the service or whenever, and, and give Jeff a big hug, and give Tracy a big hug, and say, we love you, and we're, we're, we're so glad that you're here with us. God never wastes a hurt, and he'll never waste a body. The Bible says that when, 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 with the voice of Christ, at the command of Christ, the dead will rise. They're not wasted. Bodies are not wasted. He's going to recycle them. <laughs> Amen? You think we recycle good here? God's going to recycle so much better. I love the way that Rick Warren put it. He said, you know, right now, you're living in version 1.0. How many of you got your upgrade on your iPhone or something? You know, you get, you get an upgrade, right? Your, or your Droid, you get them, they upgrade. We're living, in the, we live, we're living in version 1.0 right now. But there's coming a day that we're going to be in version 2.0. Amen? A better, a better us. But, but until that time, we, we, we need to take care of our bodies. And you need to understand that when you become that version 2.0, you will still have a body. You will be raised in a physical, glorified body. You know, he, he, this is important stuff that I'm going to say right now. Some people think that when you get to heaven, you're just going to be a spirit. You're going to be floating around saying, may the force be with you. <laughs> Other people think they're going to be angels. In fact, I see that on Facebook all the time. Oh, someone went up. Uh, my, my dad went up and my, my mom went up and another angel looking over me. You're not going to be an angel, and your loved ones are not angels in heaven. The Bible teaches that angels are angels, and people are people. A lot of times, people, uh, people's ideas of heaven is white robes and wings and playing a harp. 
sitting on a cloud. Can I tell you something, beloved? That wouldn't be heaven, that would be hell. And it's not biblical. Why would heaven or the new heaven and the new earth be all white when God created color? Why, who do you think created taste buds? Have you thought about how amazing your taste buds are? Who created all the sights and sounds? Who gave us music? Don't you just love when the praise team leads us into worship? There's, there's something about them coming together, the chemistry. Who did all that? God. Why do we limit him and think that we're going to be in heaven and we're going to be playing a harp in the clouds? Are you kidding me? Not biblical. Bodies will be raised, glorified. Well, what, what's a resurrected body going to be like? We don't really know the exact, but I can tell you this, that Bible teaches us some things. We do know that after Jesus was resurrected, he, he walked around and he went to people. He was seen by 500 at one time. We do know that he talked to people. We, know, we do know that he ate with people. We also know that, that, um, that his body could go through walls so he could like dematerialize himself, kind of like Star Trek. I, I don't understand all that, but we, we see it in the Bible. Amen? But his body was physical. Amen? And so it's going to be the same for us. We're going to have these amazing bodies. But can I tell you something? Do you think God is not pleased whenever we take care of the, what he's given us here today? And, and we all have different limitations. Some of you in here, you've got limitations. You've, but we all have limitations. Amen? Some of us, our minds work better than others. We have more in, uh, IQ. Some of us, our sports ability works better than others. We have more physical. But when you put it all together, it all works and it complements each other. Amen? So what I really want you to hold on to, those of you that are thinking, well, I have limitations. You have limitations. I have limitations. You have limitations. You have limitations. But we've got to continually strive to get better as we give our bodies to God. Amen? What the devil will do is he will make you want to quit. Let me tell you right now, what the devil's trying to do in some right now, he's trying to say, don't start. Don't start. And your midsection is saying, please start. <laughs> Amen? Remember what I said about midsection when you... Remember that last week? Well, everyone's saying, please start. But here are some mistakes that we make, okay? Three bullet points. And the first one, we, we rely on willpower instead of God's power. You will not do this re relying on willpower because after three weeks, and for me, after one week, we'll quit. We have to rely on who? On God. Okay? The second, the second reason that, that, uh, that we fail, the second bullet point, is we have the wrong motivation. If your motivation is just to feel better, just to look better, just to get to a certain weight. How many of you have ever said, if I just lose 20 pounds? If I lose 20 pounds, so that's your goal. And you lose those 20 pounds and you get to that place and you say, man, let's go have an In-N-Out burger, double, double whammy, you know, double, double. The reality is that our motivation 
can't be for us to feel better, look better. That's going to be a result of the main thing. Our motivation needs to be we want to honor God. We've got to do things because it's good for God. It's good for us. And it's good for God because God is pleased whenever we do things that honor him. Amen? The third reason, the third bullet point is we try to change on our own. If you try to do this on your own, you will never make it on your own. That's why small groups are so important. We have 200 individuals in small groups. Go, Jeff. Go, Jesus. Go, Jesus. I, I, I was in track, right, at, in college, and, and, and I got there, and, and, and our coach said, you need to run 3.1 miles every day. That was our, we had to do it. There was, it wasn't a, will you please? It was, you will. And when we would get up, I hated to get up at, three, at, 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 um, at 5.30 in the morning to go run 3.1 miles every, every day. That was part of our regiment. But when, I did it, when we did it as a team, it was a lot easier. And we all complained together. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. And then we go have breakfast together, but we do it together. Can I tell you something, beloved? If you will do this with us, for those of you that have not become a part of a, a group, can, can I just ask you something? Could it be that the devil's keeping you from doing it? Huh? Do you think God would keep you from, uh, from getting into better shape or honoring him with your eating and your drinking and all the different things? I don't think God would keep us from that. Amen? So let's go on to the, the next thing, number four of um, the, the Daniel plan, why it's vital to help us with our spiritual and physical lifestyle. Number four, the Bible teaches my body is connected to the body of Christ. My body is connected to the body of Christ. In, in uh, verse 15 and then verse 18 of 1 Corinthians 6, it says, do you, know, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Think about that. Your bodies. We're in the body of Christ spiritually, but we're also, see, I don't want you to get on this, well, is that spiritual? How could that be all spiritual? We are a, a member of the body of Christ spiritually, but do, we have to be present. We've got to receive Christ with our confession. We've got to hear the word with what? Our ears. He that has an ear to hear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying. So we're, we're part of the body of Christ. Our bodies are. We go out into the world and we proclaim Jesus. Amen? The fifth reason, number five, is the Holy Spirit lives in my body. <laughs> That's really cool. God put his spirit in our body. The, uh, verse 19 says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you received from God? That means God takes up residence in you? He puts his spirit to make his home in us, to lead us and to guide us. Amen? Where? In, 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 our, in our spiritual bodies? In our bodies, holistically. Is the Holy Spirit interested in our emotional well-being? Sure he is. 
Is he interested in our, in, 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 in our, in our spiritual well-being? Sure he is. Is he interested in our physical well-being? Sure he is. And I believe this, that when we allow the Holy Spirit to be the, 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 the Lord of our lives, as he, as he wants to reveal Christ to us, he will give us a check when we shouldn't be eating things that we shouldn't be eating, when we shouldn't be drinking things that we shouldn't be drinking, when we shouldn't be maybe smoking things that we shouldn't be smoking. Maybe we shouldn't be. There, there, there are some people that this is going to go beyond uh, eating. It's going to go beyond drinking. I mean, there may be some individuals here that you've been dealing with, with, with smoking. And, and, uh, and that, if you smoke, that doesn't make you, that does not disqualify you from being a Christian. You need to understand that. God, God doesn't say, oh, you're, you're, you're a smoker. You can't be a Christian. That, that's a bunch of bologna and macaroni. God loves you where you're at. But he begins to take things out of our life. It could be, you know, he might be saying, you know what, you, I'm going to take this away from you. It might not be smoking. It could be chewing. You know, it could be a lot of different things in our life that, that they, 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 just, they just come into our life. And, and God wants to take things from our life that are going to be harmful. No one worries about chewing until they get cancer of the, of, of the um, mouth, of gums. I just heard about uh, Kurt Schilling, great, great uh, um, pitcher, got cancer. And he attributed it because he chewed all this time. See, the, here's the thing, beloved. I believe that God wants to take anything away from us that's going to be harmful. All things are, are, all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. Amen? No condemnation. If, if you're in here... No condemnation. Don't ever feel God does not condemn you. God says, I want to take things from you that are going to harm, harm you. Amen? I, I love the way that, um, that ESPN says it, you know. I, I, I put this down. Come on, man. Come on. Come on, man. You know, God wants to take things that are going to be harmful for us. He, he loves us that much. Number six, the last thing, Jesus bought my body on the cross. Jesus bought my body on the cross. He did not just come to die for your spirit. He came to die for you entirely. The reality of his bodily resurrection is proof of that, and the promise of our bodily resurrection is our hope. The Bible says, you are not your own you were bought at a price. Wow. Huge. Therefore, honor God with your body. And then the Bible goes on and says, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. When you come to church, have you ever, have, have you ever during praise and worship, anyone ever sang? You ever sang? You ever just... I love you, Lord. You ever done that? You're doing it with your body, amen? Not, not with your spirit. You're doing it with every aspect. Anyone ever raised their hands to the Lord? Yeah. We, we, can, we can worship God with our bodies. We can worship God with every aspect of our lives, with our, with our spiritual man and with our physical man. I want you to grab a hold of how important that is. As your pastor, I'm called by God to lead those entrusted to me to follow his design for your lives. And he speaks to me, and it comes to me first. I need to begin to submit myself to that. And, and his design is written in the basic instructions 
before we leave earth. Amen? Which is what? The Bible. So the Bible has to be our guide. I'm going to close with four things. So the praise team can come up. Four things that I'm going to close with right now. <clears throat> four things that you need to do that will help you be healthier. This will help. The first thing is trusting God is good for your health. Trusting God is good for your health. Simply put, we need to let go and let God. Some of you are holding on to things. You're holding on to some, 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 some pressures. You need to let them go and give them to God. The psalmist said, I said to myself, relax because the Lord takes care of you. How many of you know that God wants you to sometimes just relax? Yeah. Relax. Because the Lord is going to take care of you. I love the way Proverbs puts it. It says, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy will rot the bones. Amen? A life or a heart that's at peace gives life to the body, but envy will rot the bone. Friends, it's not what we eat that matters, but it's what is eating us. What is grabbing a hold of you? What are you worrying about? What are you uh, uh, dealing with? Number two, the second thing that will help you right now, confessing my sin is good for my health. You know, when you confess your sin, it's like a load of bricks is coming off of you. When you've been dealing with something, when you're, when you're trying to hide something, what are, you, what are you hiding? God doesn't want you to hide anything. He wants for you to release it to him so that he can heal you. Any psychologist will confirm that confession is healthy for a person. You don't need to repress it or you don't need to suppress it. We need to express it to God. I love the way the psalmist wrote, he said, when I refused to confess my sin, I was weak and miserable, and I groaned all day long. My strength evaporated. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you, and I stopped trying to hide them, and you forgave me, and all my guilt is gone. Confessing our sin. The third thing is give generously. Because it's good for your health. How many of you know that giving is good for our hearts? When you give, you expand your heart because you take on the heart of God. You know, here, here's, here's something that I, I found which is amazing. How many of you know what a miser is? A miser is a cheapskate, okay? A miser is someone you go and they, you're always picking up the tab. You know, they don't want to spend any money. A miser. But can I tell you that miser and miserable come from the same word? Miser and miserable come from the same word. So misers are miserable. And if you think about it, there are only two kinds of people. There's givers and there's takers. Takers are always sad. They're always mad. Givers are usually glad and they're a blessing to everybody. Amen? 
The Bible says this, a generous man will prosper. He who refreshes will himself be refreshed. Ain't that cool? Beloved, quit trying to take everything. Give it so that God can give you, so you can keep giving and keep giving. It's good for your health. The fourth thing, and this is a good one right here, having fun is good for my health. God wants us to have fun. God wants us to enjoy life. There's nothing worse than a Christian that never has any fun. Laughter is good for the heart. Choosing to be joyful produces a positive attitude. And we will have more happiness than sadness. And that's from God. And here's the thing. Laugh at yourself more. Everyone else is anyways. <laughs> Laugh at yourself more. And you'll never run out of material because we all do silly things all day long. Don't we? Let's pray. You created our bodies. You sent Jesus to, to pay for our bodies, to die for our bodies. Then you sent your Holy Spirit to live in our bodies. Help us to never forget that our bodies belong to you, not us. And that they're connected to the body of Christ. And one day they will be resurrected in version 2.0. Forgive us for all the times we've misused our bodies and abused our health. Lord, today we commit together to join in a journey of health, to follow your health plan for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.